hello there. Since you're already on your phone or your tablet or computer, I have a quick favor to ask. If you love listening to Goop Tales and you haven't yet done so, I would love it if you would please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Just visit gooptales.com forward slash review and you will be redirected to Goop Tales Podcasts page on Apple Podcasts. That's gooptales.com forward slash review. One star means you don't like us, but five stars means you love us. And while you're already there, just hit subscribe. And that is the best way to ensure that you never miss a new Goop Tale. In the previous episode of Goop Tales, we met Madam and Mad Adam, the Goop twins who get mad any time something doesn't go their way. After falling through a metal grate while jumping with anger, they drop onto a train platform in Australia, where they soon met Kipper, a playful kangaroo. Then the three of them, Kipper and the Mad Twins, were on their way across the outback on the luxurious Gan train. But a troublesome porter named Jasper didn't make their trip very easy. After experiencing many of the amazing sights of Australia, they returned to Goop World and they couldn't wait to tell their friend Sweet Toothia all about their adventure. But she was staring down a pharaoh in a museum in Cairo. Keep listening to find out how she ended up in Egypt and what her adventure was like. Sweet as sugar and constantly with a smile, Sweet Toothia would always go the extra mile. For her friends, there was nothing she wouldn't do, especially if she thought they were feeling blue. But if ever there was a sweet insight, Sweet Toothia couldn't resist a giant bite. Welcome to Goop Tales. My name is Maria Kalanchini, and I'm the founder and creator of Goop Tales. I created this podcast as a way to engage the senses while escaping the screen zombies and experiencing entertainment and education in a new way. Whether the little ones in your life want to relax with a nighttime story, get energized before school, or explore their imaginations, the goops will keep them happy and entertained. If you have a curious mind and want to discover new cultures, learn interesting facts about different countries, and fascinating animals, keep on listening. Today's story was inspired by Dahlia. This is her now. Hi, my name is Dahlia. I really want a goop named Sweet Toothia. Uh, she has a little little hat, 
and she has a little pink dress, and she has a wheelchair with a little, lo- a little lollipop, and she loves sweets. Thank you, Dahlia, for your goop suggestion and so sweet audio message. Hopefully, you won't mind the few creative liberties I've taken with Sweet Toothia. To see our drawing for the goops, all of the photos that go with this story, as well as the cover art for Sweet Toothia and the Egyptian pharaohs, visit gooptales.com forward slash episode 82. That's eight two. Chapter 1 Once upon a time, there was a delightfully charming young goop named Sweet Toothia. She lived up to her name in all ways. Sweet Toothia was almost never without a smile or a warm hug. She was the goop you went to if you needed a giant embrace. Sweet Toothia was in a wheelchair as she was unable to walk, but she didn't let that stop her from doing anything the rest of the goops did. In fact, there were times when she had an advantage with her wheelchair because she could speed around so quickly. Once, Sweet Toothia was over at Bragger's house for a play date. She was listening to him brag about all the model trains he had assembled. Look at this one. It is perfection. I assembled it so precisely that it looks like it could be the model train in the train catalog, he boasted. Sweet Toothia looked at the tiny train and smiled. You're right, Bragger. It is perfection, she said with genuine admiration. I'm going to show you how it's done, Sweet Toothia. Watch me put the finishing touches on this one, said Bragger, as he pulled out another model train that was only missing a few pieces. Although she didn't have much of an interest in model trains, Sweet Toothia was extremely patient, and she replied, Oh, let me see how you do it. Bragger looked around for his glue and could not find it. He began to turn over all the toys and books in his room, frantically searching for the glue. What are you doing? asked Sweet Toothia. I'm I'm looking for my glue. I can't find it. Oh, brother, I think I know what happened, he sighed. What? asked Sweet Toothia. I think that Touch'em and Take'em probably took it. They were here yesterday and... You know how they are. Take'em just can't help himself, grunted Bragger. I know how they are, (laughs) laughed Sweet Toothia. But don't worry about it. I can help you. I could just whiz to the store and get you some more glue. And with that, Sweet Toothia put her wheelchair into power mode and was out the door and cruising down the sidewalk. As promised, she returned very quickly with a tube of super glue. She handed it over to Bragger and said, There you are. Let's see you work your magic. And he did. This sort of scenario was the reason that Sweet Toothia was so well-loved. She was always ready and willing to help 
with a positive attitude. There were moments, however, when Sweet Toothia could be a bit too much. She had an enormous sweet tooth that seemed to be uncontrollable. She always had a lollipop with her in the event that her sweet tooth overwhelmed her and she needed an immediate sweet. If ever she saw a sweet, be it a cookie, cake, candy, or ice cream, she simply couldn't help herself. She would wheel over to it and take a bite. This was not always appropriate behavior. Once, she took a giant bite of Dilly Dally's birthday cake before the candles were even blown out. Dilly Dally was taking her time blowing out the candles, and Sweet Toothia had grown impatient. Fixum was at the birthday party as well, and as soon as no one was looking, he fixed the hole that Sweet Toothia had left in the cake by cleverly covering it with frosting. Sweet Toothia and Fixum were very good friends. He didn't mind her overwhelming Sweet Tooth, and he loved how thoughtful she was about everything else. He also loved to fix Sweet Toothia's wheelchair whenever it needed a little tune-up, and he was very good at it. One perfect summer day, Fixum arrived at Sweet Toothia's house with a huge smile. Do you know what day it is today? He asked. Of course I do. It's Pie Day, Day, they both said together with great delight. Pie Day was a pie contest that came once a year in Goop World. It was Sweet Toothia's favorite day of the year because she went to the pie contest and was able to sample a taste of at least 10 different delicious pies. Pie Jam was always there with a splendid and tasty pie entered into the contest. Let's get some pie, said Fixum, as he pushed Sweet Toothia out the door, and off they went. Once they arrived at the pie contest, they went over to see Pie Jam. He was pleased as punch, showing off a perfect strawberry pie to all the judges that passed by. Perfection, sighed Sweet Toothia, as she gazed at the pie longingly. Remember, no tasting yet. The judges need to see it first, warned Pie Jam. Of course, of course, Fixum assured him. Fixum, can you help me put up my sign? Asked Pie Jam. Of course, said Fixum, pulling out his hammer. Where would you like it? Fixum and Pie Jam set about putting up Pie Jam's sign and they turned their backs for just a minute. It was at this moment that Sweet Toothia was overwhelmed by her sweet tooth. She reached out and grabbed Pie Jam's perfect pie, put it on her lap, and then zoomed full speed ahead away from the pie contest. When she was far enough away, she tried to slow down her speeding wheelchair only she couldn't. It wouldn't stop. She was headed straight for a hay bale at full speed. Look, shouted Pie Jam, pointing at Sweet Toothia in the distance. And then Pie Jam and Fixum 
watched as Sweet Toothia sped right into the hay bale and disappeared. Chapter 2 Sweet Toothia felt her wheelchair land on a hard stone surface. She opened her eyes and slowly glanced around. Looking down, she saw that she had several pieces of hay clinging to her pink dress. She carefully plucked them off and dropped them onto the floor. Upon doing this, she heard a low purring sound. Sweet Toothia realized that she was no longer at the pie contest. She was in some sort of a museum, a dark cavernous room full of display cases and stone statues. She swirled around in her wheelchair, taking in the entire room. It felt old, but alive, full of mystery and excitement. A beam of moonlight came through one of the windows high above, and Sweet Toothia gasped. <gasps> she was face to face with a very regal black cat. His ears stuck straight up and were lined with gold. A ribbon of gold was wrapped around his neck, and he had piercing gold eyes that stared straight at Sweet Toothia. She sighed in relief as she realized the cat was a statue until she heard it purr again. The purr escalated into a gur purr, and Sweet Toothia backed up a bit in her wheelchair. Don't be afraid. I can't hurt you. I can't even move, purred the cat. That's unfortunate, said Sweet Toothia in a very kind voice. The cat was surprised. He was almost always on the defense, and this strange little creature before him sounded so kind. My name is Alexander, and I assume you must be some sort of queen, he asked. Sweet Toothia was shocked. She knew she was well-loved, but no one had ever assumed she was a queen. Queen? Queen? Whatever makes you think that, asked Sweet Toothia, as she reached for her head to see if her hat had been replaced by a crown. It had not. Your throne, it looks very special. It even has wheels, said Alexander. A large smile burst across Sweet Toothia's face. She didn't mind being referred to as a queen or having her wheelchair called a throne. It's my wheelchair. It has wheels because I can't walk. It's how I get around. My name is Sweet Toothia. How very splendid, replied Alexander. I was rather hoping that you were queen and had come to give me my freedom. Sweet Toothia looked puzzled, and Alexander explained to her that she was in the Egyptian museum and that the Egyptian queen Isis was the goddess of magic and wisdom. The queen could use her heka, which was the Egyptian word for magic, to do as she wished. Alexander was hoping that Sweet Toothia was a queen 
and that she could give him the gift of mobility with her touch. Sweet Toothia was mesmerized by this story, and she wanted nothing more than to have her own version of Heka and help Alexander. She rolled a little closer to him and reached out her hand and gently touched his left front paw. Alexander felt a tingle run through him, a tingle that he hadn't felt in thousands of years. He felt alive. Slowly, he began to move his paw, and then he sprang up so quickly he startled Sweet Toothia, and she rolled backwards. Alexander arched his back as he let out a low gurper. You have Heta, he said as he gazed at Sweet Toothia. Come, let me show you the museum, but let me warn you first. Don't ever look a pharaoh directly in the eyes. A a what? asked Sweet Toothia. A pharaoh. They were the rulers of ancient Egypt. There were 170 of them. There are many pharaohs in this museum. If you were to look the wrong one in the eyes, and he senses your heka. Well, sighed Alexander as his voice trailed off. Sweet Toothia was rarely in the way of danger, but this sounded a bit dangerous and at the same time, rather exciting. So she said, Why would a pharaoh care about my Heka if he's a ruler? Because perhaps he would want your Heka for himself. These pharaohs are now statues. You understand, said Alexander, as he slowly circled Sweet Toothia's wheelchair, taking it in. Shall I push you? He asked. No, thank you. But I could offer you a ride on my lap if you like, said Sweet Toothia as she turned on her wheelchair motor. Alexander looked at the wheelchair and then at Sweet Toothia, and he gave a small nod. Impressive, but I prefer to walk. I have been sitting for thousands of years. Come, follow me. And he began walking in a very kingly manner. He walked through a very long wing of the museum with Sweet Toothia following closely. Alexander stopped and looked back at Sweet Toothia when he came to two very long steps that led to the next level. He was bewildered. He did not know how to get Sweet Toothia up the steps. Sweet Toothia stopped right behind him. Then she looked up and locked eyes with a pharaoh that was on the next level. Chapter 3 Sweet Toothia found herself caught in one of those moments where you know that you should move, but you just can't. You're frozen. She was hypnotized by the pharaoh and his piercing eyes. Alexander, on the other hand, felt his back go up a little. He didn't look at the pharaoh, but he watched Sweet Toothia staring right 
into his eyes. We have to go now, he said, as he quickly turned Sweet Toothia's wheelchair around. He started to push it forward, but it would not budge. There was an invisible force holding it back. Then Sweet Toothia pushed a button and the wheelchair shot forward. Quickly, follow me, said Alexander, as he ran in front of Sweet Toothia and down the corridor they had just come from. Go left, please, chimed Sweet Toothia as she sped through the museum. Alexander stopped and turned. Left? You have never been here before. Why would you choose left? Because I see a sign, said Sweet Toothia, as she pointed to a wheelchair-accessible sign hanging above a doorway to the left. Alexander himself didn't know the floor plan of the museum very well. After all, he had been stuck in one position for years, but he was not familiar with the words wheelchair accessible. When they turned to the left, they were met with an elevator. Perfect, said Sweet Toothia, as she pressed the button and the elevator doors opened. She slid into the elevator and turned to look at Alexander, who was staring at her. Right outside the door, he looked scared. Come on, it's just an elevator, and I'll be with you, said Sweet Toothia. Alexander looked back in the direction of the pharaoh they had just fled, and then he tried to enter the elevator, but he couldn't move. It's the Hekka. He wants your Hekka, and he's stopping us. I can't move, said Alexander, but I can move sang out Sweet Toothia, and she pushed a button, slid out of the elevator, reached down, scooped up Alexander, and put him in her lap. Then she slid back into the elevator and pressed the button for the second floor. Did you just rescue me from the pharaoh? asked Alexander. I think I did, but it's my fault that he's after us. He wants my Hekka, and... I was the one who couldn't stop staring at him. Let's not worry about him anymore. We can go explore more upstairs. He can't come after us there, said Sweet Toothia. Alexander didn't agree with this assessment, but he didn't say anything. He knew the power of the pharaohs, but he was also desperately curious about the rest of the Egyptian museum. The elevator chimed, and Sweet Toothia exited with Alexander on her lap. They found themselves in a room full of glass cases containing artifacts from ancient Egypt. There was beautiful Egyptian jewelry made of gold, golden statues of ancient Egyptians in headdresses, a stunning pair of golden sandals belonging to the boy king, Tutankhamun, known as King Tut. Gold! Everything is gold! exclaimed Sweet Toothia. Alexander explained to her that the ancient Egyptians believed that gold was the flesh of the sun god Ra, and they used it for everything. All of the pharaohs were buried with their golden treasures because they would need their gold in the afterlife. Sweet Toothia paused to take this in. Then she said, That pharaoh was alive. 
And he wants my Hekka. Indeed. I believe he wants your Hekka so that he can move about like I am. I certainly couldn't have left my perch without your Hekka, said Alexander. Why don't I give him some then? asked Sweet Toothia. Alexander looked around as if he was trying to see if anyone was listening. Then he turned to Sweet Toothia. There is great risk in giving a pharaoh your Hekka. He explained to her that there were great pharaohs that built magnificent pyramids and ruled Egypt with benevolence. But there were also evil pharaohs that were not good to their people. The museum had statues of many ancient pharaohs, and Alexander wasn't sure which were evil and which were not. He did not want her Heka to land on an evil pharaoh and bring it to life. Sweet Toothia listened intently, and then she smiled. Why are you smiling? asked Alexander. Because I know. Know what? he asked. I know how to tell if one of the pharaoh statues is good, she said. Alexander stared at her with his all-knowing cat eyes and then asked in disbelief, And how exactly is that? Chapter 4 Sweet Toothia flashed her sweetest smile. Then she said, Give me a tour. I want to see more. I do too, confirmed Alexander. He began to strut across the museum floor, slowly turning his head from left to right. Sweet Toothia started up her wheelchair and followed along beside him. They moved down the long cavernous hallway on the second floor. There were several doorways off the corridor, and each one was marked. The first one they passed said, Ancient Egyptian Jewelry. Oh, Very Bane would love that room, sighed Sweet Toothia, but I'd prefer to move on and see what else there is. Alexander carried on in a regal strut. The next room said, Animal Mummies. I certainly don't like the sound of that, purred Alexander as he strutted right past it. Sweet Toothia gave a little smile, and then she pulled out a red lollipop and began to lick it. Alexander turned and gave her a bemused smile. The next room they came upon was called the Yuya and Tuya room. Ooh, I like the sound of that, exclaimed Sweet Toothia as her face lit up and she took another lick of her lollipop. Well then, let's enter, replied Alexander as he turned into the room. Immediately, Sweet Toothia could feel a presence. Something was different about this room. It felt alive. She pushed the little button on her wheelchair to move forward, but it wouldn't budge. She could feel the invisible force that she had felt earlier holding her back. The force of the pharaoh below that wanted her Heka. It was not a pleasant feeling. Alexander turned around and motioned for Sweet Toothia to follow him. I I can't, she said as she pressed again on her wheelchair button. It's, it still won't move. 
Alexander walked over to Sweet Toothia and pricked up his ears as he slowly turned his head and looked around. He's here. He's following us. We need to get rid of him now, or he will consume us. We will disappear. He wants your Heka, all of it, said Alexander. For the first time since she had arrived at the museum, Sweet Toothia felt a wave of panic. The room of Yuya and Tuyu was full of artifacts. There were vases, benches, ancient tools, royal chairs, and down at the end of the room were two magnificent gold masks of Yuya and Tuya, covered in gold leaf with thick black coal surrounding their eyes. There was also a large statue of a pharaoh at the opposite end of the room. It had a plaque beneath it that read Khufu. Sweet Toothia stared at Khufu, mesmerized by his glowing aura. She tried to move forward towards him, but could not. Alexander watched her for a moment, and then he tried to move forward, but he couldn't move. How? How do you know if a pharaoh statue is good or evil? Asked Alexander, desperately hoping that Sweet Toothia had some plan in mind. Oh, oh, well, if they have a sweet tooth like me, they must be good, she exclaimed as she held up her lollipop for Alexander to see. He was immediately deflated. That won't help us, sweet Toothia. The evil pharaoh from below doesn't care about your lollipop, he said as he tried to move forward again to no avail. Sweet Toothia was still holding up her lollipop, listening to Alexander, when she felt a sudden jolt, as if two opposing forces had clashed. Her wheelchair moved forward a bit. She turned to Alexander with wide eyes. Did you feel that? I did, he said. They both watched as a golden wave of air came toward them, wrapped them up, and pulled them across the floor until they stopped right in front of Khufu. Sweet Toothia was still holding up her red lollipop, too stunned to move. Ever so slightly, Khufu's lips parted and he blew out a puff of gold air that wrapped around Sweet Toothia's lollipop for just a moment and then disappeared. I, I, I think he just took a lick. He likes it. I knew it. I knew it. She squealed. She looked back at Alexander in delight and saw that he was being pulled further and further away from her in a black cloud, undoubtedly from the evil pharaoh below. Sweet Toothia held up her lollipop even closer to Khufu. Here, take as many licks as you want, but please, please help me and Alexander. The evil pharaoh from below is after us. He wants my Heka, she gasped. Alexander had almost disappeared in a black cloud when Khufu opened his mouth the tiniest bit and a sliver of gold emerged and slid out into the air, turning into a cloud of gold dust 
that swept up both Alexander and Sweet Toothia and spun them around until Alexander was sent safely back to his perch in the museum. And Sweet Toothia was delivered to her front door. She was still holding the lollipop up high, but it was almost gone. Sweet Toothia gasped as she remembered Khufu and his golden breath licking her lollipop. Then she set off to find Fixum and tell him all about Alexander and the Egyptian Museum. But Fixum was nowhere to be found. He was in the red sand dunes of Saudi Arabia. But that is a tale for another time. If you have a goop idea that you'd like to share with me, just ask a grown-up to help you send it over. And you can also send your idea through a voice message. Just visit gooptales.com and on the right side of the screen, you're going to see a green button that reads, leave a 90-second voice message for Maria. If you send a voice message, not only will you get a response from me, yes, I do respond to them, but also, if we end up choosing your goop for a story, we might even play your voice message on the podcast. Do you want to hear your voice on the podcast? If you're curious to see the cover drawing for this story and the photos that go with it, visit gooptales.com forward slash episode 82. That's eight two. Now, I would love to see your drawings as well. If you're feeling creative, draw a picture of Sweet Toothia and ask a grown-up to tag us in it on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Gooptales. And now I want to take just a minute and give a couple shout outs. I want to thank Gracie May, Grayson, Redding, Leaf, Ayana, Aoife, and Ender. Thank you for writing in, leaving a review or a voice message. I love reading your comments and listening to your messages. You all have the sweetest voices. So thank you. Before I leave you today, I'm curious to know what you thought of today's story. I found out many interesting facts about Egyptian pharaohs, King Tut, mummies, and the whole Egyptian museum while doing my research. If you're curious to find out more about the real place behind today's story, then you won't want to miss my next Behind the Story episode. This is also your chance to send in questions that you'd like me to answer. Hurry, you're going to have to send in your email or your voicemail recording on SpeakPipe either today or tomorrow. This comes out on a Sunday because I'm going to record behind the story episode and it's going to come out the Friday after this story comes out. So I need to know your questions. Don't forget to subscribe so you get notified when it launches. Until next time, make every day a goop day. <laughs>